For those of you who might be new to us, when we were going to share the Lord's table some years ago, we began something that we simply refer to as table talk. And rather than it being a formally outlined uh, sermon that you follow in notes, in fact, I've asked our sound guy, no, nothing on the screen today. But we just sit back and just listen. Just listen to a few thoughts and um, they will lead us into the Lord's table together without worrying about, about having to follow such an outline. We have been talking, uh, as we have been using the outlines, we've been talking for the last number of weeks about man, and, and we've following man from creation to redemption. And one of the things that we uh, referenced uh, was regeneration, and we spent a number of weeks emphasizing God's work in regeneration, and uh, last week we actually showed a couple of gears that on the screen that uh, gave us the the illustration that God's work in our life of regeneration is like a is like a power gear that is actively engaged in our life and making us new in Jesus Christ. And our task is to get it to, is to synchronize with that and live our lives in. And synchronicity, if you will, with with God's power and what He is doing in our lives. And there was there's an interesting thing that uh, at the last scripture that we used, and I left it there intentionally so that I could pick up on it today, as we described how do we connect to this work of God's energizing Spirit, and we saw that. Um, we are to walk in the Spirit. We are to be filled with the Spirit. Those were things we are to do, and we saw there's things we are not to do. One is we are not to quench the Spirit. And also in Ephesians 4, verse 30, Paul writes, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We touched on that. We don't stop the work of the Spirit of God in our midst. It's the second part of that verse that I would like us to pick up on from here. Because we've heard about not grieving the Spirit of God. Have we ever reflected on the second part that says, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption? By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Earlier in his letter to the Ephesians, Paul dealt with this sealing ministry of the Holy Spirit also. When he said in chapter 1, he said this, in him, that is in Christ, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now notice, here's how we understand what sealing is. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. The guarantee of our redemption, our inheritance at the time of our redemption. Both of these references to sealing, reference that it keeps on going. This sealing of the Holy Spirit continues until our redemption is complete. Philippians 1.6 is a verse which I've shared with you often. Uh, Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. So we have the sealing ministry of the Holy Spirit, which guarantees our inheritance that will be ours at the time of redemption. We've got God began a work in us. He will complete it 
until the day of Christ. Once again, it's his future end that is absolutely God is committed to getting us there. We have in Romans chapter 8 a, a uh, interesting, interesting verse that uh, goes right along with something from Galatians. In Romans chapter 8, you'll notice a couple of things placed together. I want to pick it up in verse 15. It says this, For we, for we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Remember at Easter time, we talked about being set free. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And so God has given us this spirit whereby, a spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We call out to him as Daddy. And last year in the book of Galatians, we just dealt heavily, uh, uh, very heavily upon this particular passage when we considered Galatians 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent, uh, has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Notice all in these two passages, there's this connection of trans, a transition from being in bondage or being a slave to becoming an heir because we are a son. We're sons by adoption. And in that relationship, we cry out with love to God. We cry out, Abba, Father. So we have that which the Scripture speaks. Now, we're, we're all coming up to something in particular here, friends. Peter, in chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 3, of beginning in verse 3 of Peter, Peter's first epistle, we read this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now we've touched on that question of an inheritance that is waiting for us. It's reserved for us. It's incorruptible. It doesn't, it's not defiled. It doesn't fade away. Notice this. Who, um, waiting for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to re be revealed in the last time. God's power is keeping us in this place, this redeemed place, this place where we are sons, this place where we have an inheritance awaiting for us in the last days. And then lastly... I want to share with you John chapter 10. And then we're going to just kind of pull these all together. John chapter 10. And in verse 27 of John chapter 10, we read this. Jesus is making a distinction between 
those sheep who are his and understand who he is and what he has done and those who don't believe. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Let's try and wrap these all together, friends, because there's a magnificent truth that comes. And I'm trying to touch on the same truth from all these different angles. We've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And we are heirs with Jesus Christ. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. God is at work. He, will, he is committed to completing his work in us. Oh, I recall so clearly years ago when somebody said, how do you possibly serve this church? Effectively saying the people here are all so terrible. They all live their lives in such a way that it's so terrible and so dishonoring to God. I remember saying, dude, if it was up to watching people around me, I would have a very hard time. I'd have a hard time being a pastor to me because I know how much I fail. But God is committed to bringing us to completion in Christ, and that's where my confidence is. We're being kept by God's power until the last days. And then, again, the thing that Jesus said, the Father has given me my sheep. My sheep know me and I know them. Do you get the sense of ownership that is there? Jesus says, nobody is able to snatch them out of my hands and nobody is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. Do you understand, friends, the sweet, magnificent security that is ours in Jesus Christ? That's what I want us to grasp by all these different ways of looking at this regenerating work. Remember, that big gear that is the power gear that God is investing and regenerating in our lives, making us new in Jesus Christ. All of these references are telling us that God's regenerating work, the big power gear, what he has done will last. It will last. And if we have truly been regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God, we are safe through Jesus Christ and what he has done. We will make it to the end. If, and this is why I took four weeks to talk about regeneration, friends, if we have truly at a life-changing encounter with God's Holy Spirit that he now is the power source directing a new life. God is committed to saying to it that we arrive with him in glory because we are his. He has given us to his son and his son said, nobody's taken them from me and nobody's taking them from my father. Nobody is able to do that. These are the ones who cry, Abba, Father. I, I, I just think in terms of, because we have a number of examples right within this fellowship, we have examples within my own family of those who have adopted their children. My brother and, and his wife adopted two daughters. Never for a moment did they ever think of giving them back. 
Never for a moment was it in their thinking that these children are going back. Why do we think that God who has adopted us, given us a spirit, not of fear, not of bondage, but a spirit of adoption whereby the Holy Spirit testifies with us that we are the children of God and we cry, Abba, Father. Why would we for a moment think God's going to throw us back? God is not going to throw back those whom he has determined he is going to work in them until the day of Christ. That he has an inheritance waiting for them and by his power. So what I want us to understand, friends, is just a couple of things. Number one, if we truly have had that regenerating work of God's Spirit in our lives, God is going to keep us. God's power is what is at work in us. We will make it to the end, but it's contingent on the regeneration issue that we spent four weeks talking about. It's contingent on that we have been... Uh, we have received by God's Holy Spirit that work which he desires, that work of salvation he desires to do in us, and we have said yes to that. And a true work has happened. You know, we get caught up on a lot of crazy things. We get caught up on whether, you know, is it, uh, is it the right thing that whether we baptize infants or we dedicate them, and sometimes when we get into the issue of baptism, is it like three times you got to dunk them and, and all sorts of crazy things. Friends, the issue is regeneration. The issue is, has the Holy Spirit of God created a new work in us that now that it, that's the power gear driving our life? That's the issue. And whether we're dedicating or baptizing, those are just reflections and way of expressing what needs to happen, that we all need this conversion, this regeneration that God does in our lives. And when God does it, it sticks. Because you see, friend, if it, had, if it was up to me to make it stick, I'd never make it. See, I lived the early decades of my life believing that. I lived the early decades of my life believing Jesus died and it was a good thing, but I was told the reason he died was so that if I'm good enough, I can get to heaven. Well, about the time I reached about 18 or 19, I realized I cannot be good enough. But you know what else happened with that, friends? I was so angry at God. I was so bitter towards God. I was just so frustrated with God because I knew I'm failing every step of the way and, and I'm not making it till I shook my fist at the heaven and said, God, I'd rather just live my life and go to hell than live under this burden. And that is truth. I'm telling you. I did that. God began to reveal to me the magnificence of his grace that says, Gary, I'm saving you. I am the one doing the regenerating work in you, and your confidence needs to be in me. Don't worry about what you can do, but cling to me and cling to my work in Jesus Christ. And that, friends, is the second thing then that, that matters because, you know what? It is in that that I began to love God, knowing the absolute completion of what Christ has done for me, knowing that I'm going to quit trying to be good enough, I'm simply going to try and be engaged with God's work in my life as that spirit, that power-driving gear. I'm going to try and synchronize with that because that's where the joy and the blessing is. But if sometimes I get a little disconnected, if sometimes I grind the gears, if sometimes I, I kind of get a little lost, God hasn't abandoned me. 
because his spirit continues to work and his spirit, his, by his spirit he's committed, by his power to work in me and to complete until the day of Jesus Christ that which he has begun. Here's a thought. If I live with, if I live with my understanding of the gospel that I can, that somehow, you know, I do a little something wrong and I, I don't quite get it set right and back in order, how do I possibly sing with joy? that one day glory is mine, because I don't know. I have no confidence that I will be in heaven if I can slip up at some point. And I know how often I slip up. And what if I slip up and I don't get it taken care of and the truck hits me? How can I possibly sing with joy about God's future promise if I don't really know if I have it? It's really kind of a crapshoot, and at the end we'll find out if I got the last thing taken care of before the truck hit. How would I possibly have joy in that? How would I possibly sing, I'll fly away, you know, as we open the, so the service this morning? It's saying, I hope I fly away. I'm going to try and fly away. Hope I have everything in order so that, you know, then when it comes time to fly away and the accounts are measured... Forget all of that, friends. Jesus Christ has done it. And it's ours if we have embraced him and allowed the Spirit of God to do that new work inside of us. And it is ours for all of eternity. And out of that, the love flows. And there's freedom and there's joy and there's goodness in that. So, we're going to share in the Lord's table right now. And we've been leading up to that. This is the crux of the whole thing. Jesus Christ died on the cross. There became our sin bearer. There became the remedy for the problem we're all afflicted with. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We, by faith, need to understand that that I'm a sinner and I am separated from God and Jesus Christ is my only hope and then by faith call upon him in a very simple way that is just simply, Lord, I am lost. I am lost. I am lost. And you are my only hope and I receive you, the gift of salvation that is you. I count on nothing else and I receive the gift of salvation and what you did on Calvary's cross is effective for me and I cling to you now. And as simply sinners who need what Christ has done, we call out upon him and we hold to nothing else. For those who have, and most here are in that place, know that, yes, I have had that encounter. God has done a real work in my life. And by faith, I have, I have trusted in Jesus Christ. And he has affirmed to me that I'm a child of God. And my spirit cries, Abba, Father, for those who are there, Take of the elements joyfully. Reflect upon where you're at in your relationship with the Lord. Maybe it's time to do some business. Maybe there's some things you'd like to get cleaned up. That's fine. While the elements are going around, it's a great thing to do. And give God thanks for what Christ has done on your behalf. For those of us who are sitting here, and there will be some, and I don't know who they are, but there'll be some sitting here saying, you know, Gary, I've never had that, that, that serious work. I don't know that this God's Spirit has regenerated me. Two things. One, I recommend just consider why. Is it, is it you haven't understood? Has it been you've resisted it? Has it been, uh, seems kind of weird? Whatever. Whatever it is, try and evaluate. What is that? And ask God to give you clarity on that. And more importantly, 
Ask God to take you past that. Say, Lord, it's time. It's time that I had that, your work in my life. You're creating a new life in me. It's time for that to happen. And now I confess Jesus Christ. If it has never happened and, and the elements come to you and you know it's not happened, I encourage you, let the elements pass. Nobody will look down on you. Nobody will think critically of you. People will think you're honest if they're paying attention, which we ought not to be because it isn't our issue whether the person next to us or in front of us or behind us took the elements or not because this is time for us to come into the presence of God. But let's be honest about what God has done and, and uh, let's enjoy this time uh, with these elements.